Hey, hey, thanks for joining me today. Hey, first of all, I want to apologize to all of you that's listening or watching the podcast. You're probably going to notice and hear that the audio recording on my end is not that great. So my apologies on that. All right, so now that I've got that out of the way, how many of you feel like you're in a midlife crisis? Are you 50, 60, 70? Are you as young as 30 years of age? That's the one thing I'd always wondered. Well, when and what is midlife? What is a midlife crisis? Am I in it right now? Well, my guest today, Nina Shevchek, is going to talk to us about that midlife crisis, if that's what you want to call it. But what she refers to all of this and what she does is she deals with midlife, and it is a midlife revolution. She has over 17 years of experience in the realm of transformation and change, leadership and management, coaching and mentoring, and in human resources. She's also currently studying psychology in neuroscience of mental health. So please welcome my guest, Nina Shevchek. Nina, thank you for joining me. What we're here to talk about is midlife. And when does midlife start? And then we're going to get into who you are. Amazing. This is actually a great conversation starter because I had so many people going, you shouldn't be calling yourself midlife. You are not midlife. This is not midlife. You look too young. And I'm like, who was that to the side? I could have been 20 and I've been midlife. Like, I don't know what my midlife is, right? But anyway, the person that I am, I did a lot of research about when is midlife and it came down to the fact that apparently midlife is any time between 40 and 60, but there is a 10 year leeway on both sides of the 40 and 60. So really it could be between 30 and 70. So I came to the conclusion that as long as you're not in a nappy, a baby or adult well, you could be midlife, right? <laughs> that is so true. And I tell you, I did not realize that that the age span for midlife is such a large or wide uh, span. Absolutely. Me neither. And, and I also think like, actually none of us know when my last day is going to be. So how can I judge when midlife is right? But I feel also that, that a, I am pretty much within the brackets, you know, first of all, I think that we're all unique human beings and I'll not put myself in some sort of bag of averages <laughs> and statistics. Um, and second of all, I feel that I've had so much experiences and in life that actually I could have filled out quite a few lifetimes, let alone half a life. If I'm halfway or maybe I am not quite halfway or maybe I am way beyond halfway. I don't know. Who knows? Um, but I'm definitely not, um, I'm definitely not at the nappy stage of, on either side. So there you go. Midlife is. <laughs> okay. I'll take it. I'll take it. I'm in, I'm in my midlife stage then. Uh, so Nina, a little bit about yourself. I mean, yes, you, you appear to be very young, very vibrant. Why, why midlife? What got you into it? What's your story? Well, my story is an, I guess, interesting one or so people tell me. So it is midlife because this is the second time I completely revolutionized my life, um, this year. The first time I revolutionized my life and uh, when I was 20, technically before midlife. Um, and that was when I came from Poland. I went from Poland to the UK. I basically, I'm Polish. I was born in the, I was born in the, in Poland and I decided 
at the age of 20 that if I want to achieve anything in life, I'm going to have to speak English or, you know, if I want to achieve my dreams. And I never learned English in my life. Um, so I thought, okay, well, where's a better place to land in the UK? Obviously, North America, Australia, and a few other countries that have been great, but quite far distance-wise from Poland. And um, especially that back in those days, and that's, again, linked to midlife, back in those days, flying was not an option. <laughs> so I took a 24-hour bus journey to the UK. Imagine what bus journey that would be to like the US, Canada, or Australia. I would probably still be on the way now. <laughs> yeah. So I took a bus to the UK, didn't know anyone, didn't speak a word of English, but I thought, that's it, I'm going to give it a go, I'm going to go and, and learn, because it will be quicker than if I have lessons in Poland, and I couldn't afford the lessons in Poland anyway. Um, so I went for a few months or so, I thought it would be a few months, um, and then over the next 18 years, I created a life that was way beyond my wildest dreams. So I um, I learned a language, but alongside that, I managed to have a career. So I started off as a company, cosmetic company as a Christmas stamp. And I, my English was so poor when I started, I didn't realize that I applied for a job. This is how bad it was. I was convinced <laughs> that I was on a factory tour in manufacturing. So I went to the manufacturing uh, uh, location and they were showing me around and the showing around was a part of recruitment drives, but I thought it was a factory to us. So then when I got a call and they were like, do you want to come and work on night shifts? I thought, how random, why would they call? I don't understand. Um, so I actually asked my friend to call them back and find out what's going on because I didn't get it. Um, and they were like, you applied for a job. I was like, no, I didn't. They're like, yeah, they've got your details. I thought, oh, they asked, I thought that they asked me the details because obviously I was coming into their building. So they probably need to know who they're letting in. Um, so that's how I started in the company. But then that turned into a 17 year long career. I very quickly progressed to a manager. Then I, then I became a trainer and then I was leadership developer. I was a senior manufacturing manager, like all sorts of roles and ended, ended up working with the founders and, and the people team on basically all things people. But alongside that, I continued to educate myself. So when I got promoted to a manager, I thought to myself, God, I don't know anything about being a manager. And like, am I going to be a manager? And so I went, uh, I went to college and I started doing leadership and management qualifications and I've never stopped since. So I've basically been doing one qualification after another. And I'm currently studying the psychology and neuroscience of mental health. Um, so basically finish one master's and I enroll in another. And that comes from the fact that I, I truly believe that the human potential is infinite. And I want to continue to expand my brain and learn new things. So I love learning on the job and I love the lessons that life gives me. And there is no better teacher than life. Like no qualification will ever be a substitute for it. But equally, I'm very keen to have a holistic approach and to know that I've experienced something, I tested something, I tried something, but I know the theory as well. Um, so that's how I created an incredible life. And I had the career and I met someone at work and we were together for 10 years before we got married. We got married, we had a fairytale wedding in Austria in a little, very picturesque town called Hallstatt. Um, two dogs, two Dalmatians, Nala and Mickey, Disney names. The holidays, I love traveling, so always on holidays. Basically, the perfect lives, right? So you've got the career, the house, the husband, the dog, the holidays, the studies. And then came New Year's Eve, um, 2021, 2022. Um, 
And at midnight, I was happily married, leaving my dream and very excited about my plans of going to the Maldives for a couple of weeks in um, weeks time. So we were going to go on the 7th of January. And within pretty much 90 minutes, um, my world fell apart and the lives that I thought I had no longer existed. So uh, obviously it was a shock to the system. And I thought, okay, okay, well, this obviously calls for another blank page, fresh start and another revolution because people were telling me, you know, this is going to take you two, two or three years to move on from and get over and recover and heal and this will be a new chapter. And I thought to myself, no way, no way this will be a new chapter. For me, a new chapter would mean continuation of the same story and being in the shoes of the same character. And I thought, well, life is too short. I can, I created one incredible life once. I can create something completely different again. And I didn't want to recreate the same thing. And I didn't want to be dragging my past into my future. And I didn't want what happened or my past to determine my future or brand me in a way where I become bitter or I become a victim or, you know, 10 years on, I still feel sorry for myself and so on. So I decided to start with a blank page again. And that's where the second revolution came. And that's why it's midlife because I am midlife really. Um, age-wise. <laughs> well, I have to make a comment because that was just under a year ago. And it definitely seems like you've progressed. I, I don't know you at all, but it definitely seems like you have progressed and moved on. And I don't know if that's because of the fact that you're saying that, you know, people use the term, I'm going to start a new chapter. And you said, no, 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 no. It's not a new chapter. I'm going to start something new. So that, to me, is profound in a great way to think about change and as your website that people go to is the midliferevolution.com and this genuinely is a revolution so, sorry i for interrupting but i just had to throw that out there because i am very very impressed that all of this has taken place for you in less than a year's time and it seems like you're doing wonderful <laughs> thank you thank you i'm actually for the first time in my life i'm actually proud of um how i managed to deal with what happened and the fact that it is less than a year and i i have completely different lines and but i think that's one thing because i think you can move you can change jobs you can change relationships you can change all of your external environment but deep within you can still be sad or miserable or you know feel like a victim so to me, the most important thing is you need to do the internal work because when you do the internal work, it doesn't matter where you are, who you are with, what you're doing, you're either happy or if you don't do the work, you're going to be unhappy. So my big thing when everything fell apart in a way that I could have never ever predicted or suspected or imagined, I thought, okay, I don't know how I'm going to do this. Uh, but my aim is to move on with wisdom, not with wounds, to make sure that this experience is used as a foundation for something better in the future. And it's not, a, not an experience that will drive or determine my future or influence my future in any way. And I really wanted the experience to give me the lessons that I offered. It was horrendous. There's no denying that. I had to sit in the pain and I had to deal with the emotions and I had to go through all the grief cycle, cycle stages and so on. But I did it because I wanted to be diligent with it because I knew that if I don't, 
then either it's going to influence my future or it's going to come back at some point because clearly, you know, if you don't deal with the emotions and whatever happened, it does come back to us one way or another. Or it turns us into someone else where then, you know, like people, for example, would say to me, you'd never trust again. So that was a big thing for me. Um, but, but then actually learning through this process, trust is not some sort of miraculous thing that we have or don't have. Trust is a decision. So do I decide that I'm not going to trust again and live a life without trust? Or do I not? Obviously, I don't want to live life without trust. And that doesn't mean that I'm going to be naive and keep falling into the same holes. Of course not. But equally, I would feel that my life would be very sad if my starting point and default position was that I don't trust because I had a terrible experience. Um, because that would be sad for me, but also I'm discrediting, you know, half of the world's population, at least, um, through, I, through one experience. So I didn't want that. And it was tough, but it was also the most incredible lesson. And right now, I am so grateful for everything that happened that if someone had said to me, Nina, you can go back to December 31st. You are happily married. You have your perfect life. You are living your dream and everything continues as normal. Or you go through hell again. If I get the lesson, I'll go through hell again. And I'll, I'll choose it over and over again because the, I think the, the pain that I experienced with, with what happened was way beyond anything that I could have imagined. I did not think that emotional pain can hurt so much. And I have always considered myself, and, and I think others have always seen me as someone who's very resilient, very positive, very strong, go get that, is able to move on from anything. And even with that, I did not expect to be knocked down like I was. That's how awful it was. But then equally, the levels of happiness that came with the work that I did were also beyond anything that I've experienced before or even thought possible because I was happy in my, the life I created in the UK. I was happy. I loved it. It was a life I created. It was a life that was way better than anything that I could have even dreamed of when I was back in Poland. Um, so it's not like I had gone from, oh, I had a terrible life or life that I wasn't really happy with to now suddenly a good life. No, I've gone from a life that I loved, that I thought was great to an even better life. And yes, I had to experience the pain and everything, but the growth and the lessons have been incredible. And this is like this, this is showing me the power of the human mind. And that's why I started getting interested in neuroscience, because I knew that there must be a way that you can use your mind to get over what I was going through much quicker than, you know, psychology says. So psychology, all the people were saying, you know, it will take you to a three because that's what psychology says. But I'm like, okay, well, psychology is working on averages and some sort of studies. I'm not discrediting it. But it doesn't mean that I have to stick with it because if I tell myself it's going to take me two or three years, it's definitely going to take me two or three years. But I wasn't prepared to do that because to me, what happened had happened. I cannot undo it. I cannot take it away. I cannot change it. So why would I want to spend two or three years investing more emotions, investing more time, investing my life in it, in something that I cannot change? So the best thing I could do is invest the time, the energy and emotions in finding a way to go over this quicker and to take as much wisdom and as much lessons from it as possible and as it can offer. So it's been, it's been a journey, but it's been incredible. And we're laughing with my friends because actually 
you know, do I look like someone whose life fell apart? I mean, people probably can't, people can't see me, but do I sound like someone whose life completely fell apart, you know, a few months ago? No, because I don't feel like it because I'm so happy. And in fact, a few months after everything happened, my friend had mentioned the wedding, my wedding to me. And I was like, oh my God, I had a wedding. I had a husband. I had a completely different life. And it like, it felt like someone had mentioned a movie that I once watched to me. And it was a movie that I'd seen and I knew the ending and there was no negative emotions. And this is what, this is what I wanted. I wanted the wisdom, but I also wanted to be able to look back on the past with no negative emotions. And I'm able to do this. And, and now not only do I look at it with no negative emotions, but I look at it with gratitude for the learnings that I received from it, for the evolution that it offered. But also I, I not only forgave, but I, I am looking at everyone with empathy and compassion, everyone involved. And people are like, how, how could you do that? And if I someone have said a question. to me, yeah. I do have a question before you continue on that, because I'm not, I'm not a neuroscientist, I'm not a psychiatrist, I'm not a psychologist, but because you grew up in a different country and then you come over to North America, do you think your upbringing in a different country maybe a little bit of different culture helped you because I'm thinking North America, uh, Americans, U.S. citizens, for the most part, they cannot do, this is not everybody, for the most part, they can't do what you have done because they have this other uh, process of thinking as far as like you said, well, I have to go through this grieving process, I have to do this process and there are these steps that I have to take. Everybody says, I have to do this and it's going to take two or three years, but you said, no, uh, it, it doesn't take that long and I'm not going to allow it to take long. Um, so I guess my question on this before you continue is, do you feel that, that growing up in a different culture has helped you? I think it's tricky because actually I, I grew up in a Polish culture, uh, where, I mean, things have probably changed now. I haven't lived there for years, but. Back then, it was like you get on with life. There's no time for emotions, feeling sorry for yourself or, or, you know, grieving. Whatever happens in life, you put a face on and you move on. Um, we, and that had turned me into a person that was so close and so independent that I would never deal with any emotions. I would never show any emotions. And I basically became, I was someone who was very, it's black or white, yes or no, right or wrong. There was nothing in the middle. And then when I moved to the UK, the opposite had happened. It's like, no, 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 you do, you know, I mean, not that the UK is expressive, but there was more, there's more openness to, in comparison to Poland, um, to deal with things. And then I, so then I started working on myself and, and seeing that there is so much in between the right or wrong. Thanks for listening. We'll be right back. Thanks for sticking around. Let's get back into it. Oh, yes or no. Oh, good or bad. Um, that sort of thing. And then, and I believe that what, so, so people now say to me, for example, oh, you feel as you're such an inspiration, you're a maverick. And I don't think any of that is true. That these are very kind words and I, I'm so humbled by them. Um, and I feel very grateful for the kind words, but I am no more special than anyone else. I believe that we're all special and I don't have any superpowers. I don't have a bigger or better brain. Um, I don't have, you know, anything extra or more than anybody else. So if a girl from Poland who didn't speak a word of English 
you know, could come to England, create an amazing life, and then that fell apart. And she's often within a few months, she created something else and, you know, she's able to move on. Anyone can do that too. But you need to, you need to work on your mindset. So the mind, like, obviously the heart is important. And I, I do believe that, you know, whilst the, the brain thinks, the heart knows 100%. But if you allow your brain to run you and be your master and you become the servant, which is in effect what majority of us do, because all this thought that we're having on constant loop every day, day in, day out, they become our beliefs. And then, you know, the, our thoughts are driving our emotions. Our emotions are driving our actions. Our actions are driving our experiences and all the experiences are adding up to the overall experience we call life. So if it starts with a thought, unless you sort out what's going on in your hands and don't just listen to what your mind is telling you just because the mind has been thinking the same thing over and over and over again. So that's why it's repeating it. Unless you sort that out, you'll always be the servant to your mind. Um, so I believe that it's maybe... It, it, maybe the, the, the cultural differences and the fact that I had to learn to adapt to so many different cultures and I'm always learning and adapting is one thing. But I think the biggest thing is you deciding what you want your experience to be. Because if you just let the society cookie cutter or psychology says or statistics and whatever tell you, then that's what you're going to go with. But actually you're in charge. So, and, and you have got the power of your mind to, to do whatever you want to do. Sounds like you're saying that we all have choices and we make those choices. We do. We do. I had a choice. I, you know, and I'm not, I'm definitely not saying do what I did. Like I basically decided that I needed to start with a blank page. So I sold everything, gave everything away, donated everything. I packed my whole life into 20 kilo suitcase. That's all that was left. And I took the two dogs and a one-way ticket to Canada. And that was it. And I walked away from the career, from my studies, from volunteering. I walked away from everything that I had created because I wanted to create something completely different. Now, I'm not saying that that's what everyone should be doing because we all choose our level of adventure, right, in life. So for me, that's like, that's exciting. But for other people, that's way too much. And actually, they'll prefer just to tweak something or transform part of their lives or overcome this specific adversity that maybe keeps them out of it. So I had a choice. I could have stayed in the career. There was nothing stopping me staying in my job. I could have stayed in the UK where I was. Nothing stopping me from staying there. I could have kept everything other than the marriage. But I decided that that's not what I wanted. And I wanted to create something new. So that was the choice. And this is where I always think people, you know, scroll online and there's so many quotes and everyone's like, yeah, that's true. Like you're always one decision away from a completely different life. Yeah, you are. But you have to make that decision. So just looking at it, thinking that's true and scrolling, it's not going to make that decision for you. It's not going to contribute to your life in any meaningful way, right? And that decision doesn't have to be a huge decision, but you have to make that decision and you have to take 100% responsibility for yourself. So for me, like what I see happening is we're becoming more as a globally, as a culture, like where there's a blame, there is a claim. There's always someone else responsible. No, no, no. No, no, no. I am the only person responsible for my experience. For the good, for the bad, for the amazing, and for the ugly. I take 100% responsibility for it. Because if I don't, then you're always waiting for someone else to sort things out for you. Or you're waiting for something outside of you. So like people say time is a healer. Time is not a healer. You need to heal yourself within the time. 
Time will help you fade away some of the memories, but it will not heal you unless you diligently go through the process of grieving and go through the process of dealing with you, managing your thoughts and managing your emotions and overcoming whatever has happened and whatever adversity you are facing. Time is not going to sort this out for you. You have to do it for yourself. Well, time doesn't wait either. So it's there's if you're making that change and you've made that decision, I I would have to imagine that you have to go 100% into it. You can't just say, well, I'm going to do a little bit and see what happens because time doesn't stop. That's number one. And if you don't put everything into it, that change either won't happen or it would take so long that you may either forget, put what it is that you're trying to change or you you'll feel like you're a failure and you, you just you quit and that is quitting is not an option i know we've heard that before but um you know everything that you've said really resonates with me right now and i'm sure it's resonating with everybody out there that's uh listening you offer a service right to help help folks through this midlife revolution this midlife journey do you not do that I do. So, uh, so my thing is that you know, people. The midlife crisis is seen as a, a perceived as a negative thing, um, and it often happens because when we're so when we're young, right? We're, when we were born as babies, we're born. A natural state of being is happiness. We are happy. To be unhappy, something outside of you has to make you unhappy. So either you see scary toy, or you're hungry, or you sit in your own wee, whatever. Something external is making you unhappy, but the natural state is happiness. Then as we grow up, we start to get all these expectations from obviously parents, teachers, society, whatever. And you start to try um, trying to become something that you think you need to be in order to get the approval to start fitting the cookie cutter of what's expected of us. And you can't wait to become an adult. You can't wait to go to work, to earn your money, to have that independence, to have the freedom, like not to be under the control of your parents and teachers and everything. And then we get to work and suddenly that freedom, that independence doesn't seem as sparkling shiny as we thought it was going to be. And then there is more and more expectations to fit into the cookie cutter created by societal, societal expectations. Often it's not even other people's expectations. I feel like often we think that there are expectations of us um, more than their actual expectations being there. But we try to fit in and we try to blend in and we try to follow whatever we think the path may be, whatever everyone's blueprint is. And you get to a stage where you've had the career, you've had maybe family, or you've had the holidays, and then it's like every year becomes the same. And it's like, is, is this all there is? Like, is there no more to life than this? And and I find it, and, and that's where then midlife crisis starts to come in because it's like, what's the what's the purpose? What is the meaning? Am I going to get this for the rest of my life? Like basically pretty much the same year repeated over and over again where you work, eat, sleep, repeat. And you wait for the weekend, you wait for the vacation or you wait for, for retirement, right? Which may or may not come. And it makes people... It makes people feel uncomfortable because something is missing. Um, I'm sorry about my dog barking. I love dogs. <laughs> like she's been quiet. Nally, come here. Um, she's been quiet all the time and now she's barking. But um, So I spoke to someone, for example, who was sharing a taxi journey and, and her point was like her and her husband were not far from each other. 
that he would finish work and then come and pick her up from her office and, and they would be on a motorway and then get home, have dinner with the family and um, just the normal life. And she got to a point where she was like, is this it? Is this it? The work, the motorway, the children, eat, sleep, repeat. Is this it? She got so lost that she didn't want to be here anymore. She's like, I don't, I don't want to have this life. I don't want to continue like this. I don't know what to do. Um, and this is a very sad this is a very sad state to get into because I believe that we are we are here for a reason and we are a miracle. So there's one in over 400 trillion chances of you or me being born. Yet we're here, right? Pretty, pretty big miracle. And I believe the planet that we're not, we're live on. I mean, how incredible is this? Like Mother Nature did an incredible job and then we came and added to it, right? Messed it up also too, but came and added to it it's an incredible planet and it should be an amazing experience so i look at life in a way that if someone gave you a golden ticket and said chat you have got you know a golden ticket to this incredible place you will have a short time there where you can be who you are who you want to be you can do what you want to be you can explore discover whatever would you go wild for it i would yes exactly this is how i see life it's a brief brief moment especially because we get so busy time goes really fast but instead of seeing it as a as an opportunity to experience this planet to you know and yes life comes with ups and downs but if we didn't have the bad we wouldn't appreciate the good so much and we get so lost in the day-to-day in the routine and in what we think life should look like and i really dislike the word should because it's so judgy like oh i want to remove it from my dictionary forever but we get so stuck in that then once you are on the hamster wheel, it's very hard to get, get, get out of it. And everyone does now as well. So it's like, how do you get out? And then people get to a point where it's like, is this it? How is, how is this my life? Like, how did I get here? And that's what lead, leads to midlife crisis. But actually you can do a midlife revolution, right? And you can just wake up and be like, I appreciate everything that I've done up until now. You know, appreciative of the past, all the lessons and experiences, and you know, it's made you who you are right now. So there's so much to be grateful for. But really, the question is, what do you want the future to look like? What do you want from now on? So you don't repeat the same year over and over and over again and feel like, is this it? Um, so you feel like there is meaning to life. And I, I feel like we live in such privileged countries. I mean, we have so much freedoms. We have so much independence. We have the world at the fingertips. There's literally never been another generations in, you know, in the world prior to us that had so much opportunity. So to me, not to utilize that, you know, people had to fight for the freedoms, losing lives for the freedoms that we have now. Not to utilize that, but sit somewhere and feel like, is this it? Um, oh, I dislike my job. Well, you spend so much of your life at work. You better find another job or create something else because otherwise, like, you're spending a large large chunk of your life not enjoying it. Um, So to me, it's like, if you see life as a miracle and you know you, you know, you you have been equipped with the most sophisticated and intelligent machine on the planet, our mind and our body, there is nothing more intelligent than this. Why are we not utilizing it? So all I am doing like with being able to move on and being able not to, you know, use the past as a kind of wound that hurts me, but use it as a wisdom, is because I am trying to maximize the use of the equipment that I have been given. 
that's all it is, and we can all do that. I'm going to ask you something real quick here, and uh, an epiphany and an aha moment for me. One, I'll say it: parents better not give their children scary toys. <laughs> the other, because you did say scary toys, right? That's what I thought. It's like, what parent is going to give a child a scary toy? And there are parents that would do that, or we clowns. You give your kid a clown. We always hear people afraid of clowns. But yeah. The other is, I never thought, maybe I'm naive, but I was always, you know, going from the very beginning of our conversation when I said, well, what age is midlife? I I always thought midlife is an age because that's the way that I've always perceived it or that's the way it's always come across or that's the way it sounds. But it almost sounds like now I understand why there's such a wide gap because you tell yourself all of a sudden you're going, is this it? Is this all I'm going to do? And it's day in, rinse and repeat. That gets you to that point where what else am I going to do? Now you feel like now you are in that midlife crisis and I can see where you could be 30 years old. You could even be 25 probably and have that midlife crisis because you've been doing your career or whatever it might be over and over and over so long and you haven't made any changes. So I, I'm going to take that to heart that change does make a difference. So it feels like I'm getting a free session here for me. I could have well, but you're right. And I actually seen an article not that long ago. Someone was in like mid twenties and they were like, I'm having a midlife crisis. Like, is there something else? And equally, I meet people. I had someone who was um, just over 60 and they were like, you know, I have done all the rinse and repeat. And I suddenly remembered that I had completely different dreams that I haven't managed to, um, to achieve. I didn't make time for them, but is there an appointment now because I'm 60 and I'm like, of course, of course, there is, you know, like it's never too late and you still have all the resources and you can totally do it. And like the big thing is that, you know, if you choose and decide that I'm not going to go for it because I'm 60, then guess what's going to happen? You're just going to repeat everything that you have had so far and you're just going to be unhappy with the experience. Or you can go for it and create something different, right? Exactly. Um, so I, I feel very passionate about working with people on that. And, and it's not, like I said, it's not always about completely revolutionizing and, you know, packing one bag and going to the other side of the world like I did. Um, sometimes it is about, I've been in a career for 15 years. I've achieved what I wanted to achieve. And I've achieved what people perceive as success. But this is not the success that I want. This does not mean success to me. And it doesn't feel as meaningful. So now suddenly people start to think, what is my definition of success? What is my definition of happiness? Because clearly I have ticked the box of what I think society expects or what my family expects or what my, you know, cross circles expect. But that box doesn't seem to be the box that I want to tick. It doesn't have the same meaning to me. But then we work on, okay, well, what is your definition of success? What is your definition of happiness? What is your definition of love? And, you know, if you weren't on a mission, so a lot of the times people are on a mission to fulfill somebody else's mission, right? Because you work for a company, you're on a mission to fulfill someone else's mission and vision. And that, there's nothing wrong with that, of course. But then for some, there comes a point where they're like, well, I'm fulfilling somebody else's dreams. What about mine? So then you ask yourself, if I wasn't on a mission to fulfill the company's mission and vision, what mission would I be on and what would matter to me? And then we're working, okay, well, how do we create this? 
um, and how do we make it, you know, in a way that doesn't have to be super drastic and also doesn't make you, you know, go round and round in circles. I feel like midlife crisis is often is perceived as a negative thing because suddenly, you know, it's like the stereotypical, you buy a Porsche, you change your haircut, you go, you know, on crazy holidays or end up in Vegas or whatever. But all of that, you, you're searching for things outside of you. And actually, what are you searching for is the bit that is missing inside. And that bit is inside of you, but you just have to look within. So it's like, if you look within, you'll find it. Of course, if you then just choose to buy a portion, it makes you happy, fine. But if you're buying it because you think that that's that thing, this is, this is it, this is what's going to make you happy. Well, guess what? The minute you get it, and you get all excited about it within a few weeks, you're like, okay, this wasn't it. Maybe, maybe it was a Maserati. Maybe it was a Bentley. Maybe, maybe it's something else. Maybe it wasn't a car. Maybe it's the newest CD. And you constantly try to find the external, the external things to make you happy. And and they're they're not they're going to be temporary fixes. They're not going to be permanent fixes because the permanent fix it's not even a fix. To me, the permanent solution, the state of being, has always been within. We've never lost it, but we muddy it. We, like, we cover it up, we make it dirty and we lose clarity because we get so, I would say we get brainwashed into thinking that we're not good enough, that you always need something else. And then, you know, marketing drives us into, you need this solution, you need this haircut, <laughs> you need, you know, you need this experience or whatever. And actually what you need is you need to do the internal work. And then all the other bits are lovely and they add to your experience, but they are not the experience. They are not the solution. They're not that thing. Can you let the listeners know once again where they can go uh, to reach out to you for, for your help? And this- well, you can still buy the house and you can still buy the car. And, you know, and that, you know, that makes our experience amazing on the planet. And, and it's wonderful. So I'm not saying don't, but I'm saying don't hang on to this as the thing that will make you happy because you can you can sit in that incredible house with a pool and have that car at the front and still be miserable right so uh, and that's not the point like the point is going back to our natural state of being of happiness the state of being that we came here with the state of being that we somehow lost because initially it was within us and then all of the other stuff and all of the things we put in our heads over the years are made us think like, oh, there's always something else that you need to do in order to be happy again. Um, but in terms of working with me, or I have got a lot of free resources and I have a free ebook called The Midlife Revolution that basically goes through the process that you can use to identify A, what, what is it that you feel is missing and B, how do you work with your mind? in order for your mind to be of service to you and not the other way around. Um, because this is key. You need to become very self-aware of how you're self-sabotaging and what's in your mind and how is it driving you. Um, but my website is just themidliferevolution.com. Um, people can email me. It's just nina at themidliferevolution.com. And I'm also on Instagram and pretty much all social media. Um, on Facebook under Nina Sestrak, so N-I-N-A-S-E-W-C-Z-A-K. Um, and on Instagram, on Nina underscore the midlife revolution. So uh, it's easy to, yeah, it's easy to find me. And I'm always, always welcoming people to reach out to me and ask any questions. And, and I really love what people do because to me, I am the leaving a breeding example of the work. And that's how I know it works because I haven't just read a book on something. And so, okay, this will probably work. I'll teach people how to do this. 
I, I read the books, but I believe that, you know, I can read a book on how to be a pilot, but does that mean I can be a pilot? Well, I wouldn't want to fly with myself. And I don't think anyone would fly with me just because I read a book about something. But to me, it's important that I read the book, that I put it into practice, that I apply it, that I try it and test it and experience it over and over again until I figure out how to do it before I share it with others. So as someone who works with people, I want to make sure that the solutions that I share and what I work with people on is something that I have done myself. I know how it works in theory. I know how it works in practice. I've done it with other people. So I'm not just discrediting life experience, but I want to understand it from all different angles so I can really well and truly help people rather than be, oh, I did it this way, so why don't you do it this way too? It's going to work for you too. I don't believe in that. Um, I don't believe in that sort of thing. And this is, I get very frustrated and I feel passionate about not following blueprints, formulas, secret bullet, silver bullet, or another secret key to last. There are no secrets, that's a secret. There are no secrets. It is within you. And to me, when I see like, follow this blueprint, this helped me achieve X, Y, and Z. Great, I'm very happy for you. And I'm grateful that, you know, it's something that helped you. But we have unique DNA for a reason. Everyone of us is a one-off special edition. That's why for me, following a blueprint, it's almost like, what are you doing? Like, it worked for someone else, great, but the key is in finding your own blueprint, in, in going back to your natural state and going back to the dreams and going back to just realizing that you have got the power, that, you know, the power is within you. You have to make a decision. And once you've made that decision, that doesn't mean that you have to do everything yourself. Of course not. Work with experts. I always work with tons of experts. I have I work with coaches, mentors, academics, trainers, you name it. I find the experts that I want to work with because I know that although I can learn things myself, it's going to take me more time. I'm going to make more mistakes. So why not use the expertise of someone who has been there, done it, works with clients on there, and share things with me that will help me achieve something quicker. And we, we're not good at everything fully rounded. That's why experts help. It's, it's, it's invaluable for me. So, you know, once you make a decision that actually I want to wake up from this treadmill, from the hamster wheel, and I want something else in my life. And it can be a small change and it can be a big change. It, it really depends on the person. Then once you have got that, then you have to think to yourself, okay, well, how am I going to do it? Like, can I find people that have done it? Can I help, you know, can I find a coach or a mentor or... Is it someone else or is it someone in my network or whatever? I think, you know, as humans, we love helping each other and there's no need to try to do something on your own. You can get help, but don't, don't buy into the blueprint, the formula and so on. Because ultimately, if you do that, you're always following in somebody else's footsteps and you always are going to be a step or two behind them. And you will always be fitting their cookie cutter rather than your own. So ultimately, at some point, you're going to end up back to square one with like, actually, this wasn't the solution. I need to find my own solution. So, you know, I think the solution is finding your own blueprint and, and really doing the work on yourself and realizing that you you have the power within you. Yeah. Wonderful. Uh, every, each one of us has, our paths are all slightly different. You know, I, I may want to... You may want to be an actress. I may want to be an actor. But our paths are going to be slightly different. And we're, we're going to both get there. But if you get there before me and you say, Doc, I did it like this. Do it like this. I may, I may never get there because that was your path. So I, I like that. Um, Nina, this has been wonderful. I mean, this has really been, I like I said, 
Um, there are some profound moments for me, uh, very informative. And definitely, I don't know why I'm losing my voice. I haven't said anything. Definitely, people need to go to the Midlife Revolution.com. Get a hold of Nina. Um, I'm actually right there looking at your uh, website right now. It's a wonderful website. There's a lot of information. There's articles, uh, the services, a lot of different things. And there's even a free gift. I will so, always. Uh, Nina, Nina's chef chef. Very good. Excellent pronunciation. And that, thank you so much for having me. I mean, are you probably noticed that I could literally go on and talk for days about it because I just feel so passionate about everyone making the most of the opportunities that have been given to experience life on this planet. I feel so passionate about it. And I know life can get tough and I know it throws lemons in our faces, but it is down to you to turn them into a lemonade and not be crying over, you know, your bruised face when you get hit with a, with a lemon from time to time. Um, and I really, because I have been through so much and, you know, revolutionizing life is one thing, but there have been other adversities that I had to deal with. I feel so passionate about sharing what I'm doing because I don't believe that we have to suffer as much as we are suffering. And we are suffering not because of the present moment, not because of what's happening right now. We're either suffering because we're remembering the past, so we live by our memories. Or we're suffering because we're already anxious and worried about the future. So actually, it's not even what's happening in life right now, but it is either something happened or something that we think might happen. Um, and there's no need for it. There's no need for it. We can really use the power of our mind to, to create the experience that we want. Absolutely. And you heard it from Nina. If your face is bruised from lemons, don't stop. Just keep going. Find a way to make lemonade out of that. Uh, Nina, again, that's wonderful. So thank you very much for your time today. Thank you. So and thank you so much for, for having me. And yeah, I'm looking forward to hearing from people and always happy to share anything that I've learned and I know. And yeah, so grateful, so grateful to be able to have that conversation with you. Thank you. Thank you.